Hello and welcome to the Soccer History USA podcast. On today's episode, Party in Pawtucket. The American Soccer League crowned a new champion, JMP Coates of Pawtucket, Rhode Island. The Threadmen, with 44 points, outdistanced second place finishers Bethlehem Steel by just two points. The rest of the table looked like this. Sam Mark's Fall River squad took third in their inaugural season with 35 points. New York followed with 24. Patterson Silk Sox placed fourth with 22, followed by Brooklyn Wanderers at 15, Harrison with 10, and defending champions Philadelphia, who went from first to worst, managing only eight points. J&P Coates was a thread-making company founded in 1802 at Paisley, Scotland. When James Coates, the original founder, retired in 1830, his two sons continued the family business, now under the name J&P Coates. By the 1860s, the company had gone international and begun manufacturing thread in Pawtucket. By the 1910s, the company was the third largest in the world, trailing only U.S. steel and standard oil. The firm launched an athletics association in 1900, and soon its 2,000 employees were competing at baseball, cricket, basketball, and of course soccer. The team even had a junior 11 competing in the Pawtucket District League. J.M.P. Coates' drive to the title was the result of an incredible 1923. They won 14 games in a row between January 20th and May 19th. To put it another way, they lost to Fall River on December 31st and didn't lose again until May 20th. Bethlehem kept it close, however, by not losing in the first 11 games after the turn of the new year. And yet, a handful of draws and a couple of key defeats doomed their efforts. The two leaders met on April 14th in a title decider at Pawtucket. The game was the first in a back-to-back series for Bethlehem, who played Coates in Rhode Island on Saturday and Harrison in New Jersey on Sunday. It may explain a strange decision by the Steelmen's manager, who rested his top keeper Finlay Kerr against Coates, instead going with Canadian Billy Stringbean Highfield between the sticks. In the end, it may not have mattered, as spectators were treated to a bitterly fought contest. The standout player was former Bethlehem defender John Jock Ferguson, who put the clamps on his former squad. A rock in defense, Ferguson played the best game of his career, according to the Bethlehem Globe. The visitors dominated early, but couldn't find a way through the determined Coates' defense. Eventually, the Threadmen settled down, and after peppering the opponent's goal, scored the game's only tally at the half-hour mark with another former Steelman, Whitey Fleming, setting up Robert Gilmore. The season didn't end without a little controversy. By the end of May, Coates had a three-point lead and only needed one point from their next two games to clinch the title. Set to play a scheduled match in Bethlehem, the Coates team instead decided not to make the expensive away trip. The result meant the club forfeited the match and the points, thus closing the gap to just one. In addition, Coates faced a fine from the league of $250 for not fulfilling the schedule and could have faced additional penalties. It all proved academic, however, as Coates clinched the league crown with a 2-0 win over Patterson on June 3rd. Nevertheless, owing to the club's controversial decision to forfeit the match against Bethlehem, their title was not officially confirmed until after the league meetings on June 10th. 
And now for some headlines from off the pitch. Alien Army in Canada. Immigration Bureau officials warned that thousands of immigrants were preparing to swarm into the United States. Most of the aliens, many of them penniless, have come from Great Britain, Italy, Russia, and Belgium. The Ford Motor Company celebrated its 20th anniversary. The factory produced 708 vehicles that first year and now churns out 1.5 million annually. Ford's River Rouge plant boasts the world's largest foundry, as well as machine shops, a sawmill, and a locomotive repair facility. In a speech during a visit to Montana, President Warren G. Harding urged Westerners to support the nation's membership in the Permanent Court of International Justice. The Commander-in-Chief endorsed the move, arguing that the court is a long step toward avoidance of world conflict. In sports, Bolton Wanderers defeated West Ham United 2-0 to capture the FA Cup in London. Held at the newly opened Wembley Stadium, the match kicked off 45 minutes late due to the enormous crowd, which some estimates pegged at nearly 300,000. With the end of the season come the awards. Last year's Player of the Year, Harold Britton, had a somewhat disappointing season, at least by comparison with the previous campaign, finishing a distant third in the scoring list with a still respectable total of 19 in 23 games. The Pichichi, however, was newcomer Daniel McNiven. The ex-Partick Thistle man averaged more than a goal a game for Bethlehem Steel, finishing with 28 tallies in just 22 matches. The mark also topped Britain's 24 goals from last season. The Golden Gloves winner was McNiven's Bethlehem Steel teammate Findlay Kerr. The Steelmen had the meanest defense in the ASL, conceding just 26 goals over the course of the season. They also topped the league in goal differential with a plus 30. Kerr had been one of the few holdovers from last season, when the Bethlehem Steel competed under the name of Philadelphia. Kerr was born in 1897 on the Isle of Cumbre off the Scottish coast. Kerr may also have played a role in recruiting Daniel McNiven, as the two traveled to the U.S. together prior to the Strikers' debut in the fall of 1922. Despite McNiven's greedy goal tally and Kerr's stingy netminding, neither of them are the ASL's Player of the Year. Instead, the honor goes to former Steelman and current Threadman, Jock Ferguson. The experienced defender was born John Ferguson in Dundee, Scotland in 1887. Before arriving in the States, Ferguson lined up for a series of Scottish clubs, including St. Johnston and Dundee, before moving to Leeds City in England. During the 1922-23 season, Ferguson remained a commanding figure at the heart of JMP Coates' two-man back line and was a central figure in the club's incredible run to the title. Ferguson was a seasoned footballer, who had played in many big games and his experience must have been a key factor in propelling Coates to the championship. The sponsor of today's show is Dello Dries As You Write Ink. If your fountain pen clogs just when you need it most, don't blame the pen. Blame the ink because there has never been a perfect ink until now. Dello Ink ensures a clean, smooth, perfectly even flow. So with one-third the effort, you do double the writing.
As player of the year, Ferguson also anchored the 1922-23 American Soccer League Team of the Year. Joining Ferguson were the Steelmen Kerr in goal and McNiven leading the line as center forward. Along with Ferguson, inside left Frank McKenna was named to the squad for the second straight season. His total of 14 goals in 14 games was nearly equal to his total from the previous year. Joining McKenna on the left side of the attack was experienced winner Malcolm Goldie. Manning the other flank was Tommy Duggan of Patterson on the outside and Fall River's Johnny Reed on the inside. The midfield was led by Patterson's Bill Fryer, who had come to the States from the working-class slums of Newcastle, where as a teenager he apprenticed as a brass finisher. William McIntosh of J.M.P. Coates patrolled the right half, while Henry Meyer Dierks manned the left side. son of German immigrants, Meyer Dierks was likely the only American-born player to make the team of the year. Rounding out the squad was another Bethlehem Steel player, Jimmy Young. In addition to being one of the game's top defenders, Young was the league's Iron Man, appearing in all 28 of his team's games. Honorable mention goes to Coates forward Whitey Fleming, who once again finished second in the scoring lists with 22 goals in 26 games. While he doesn't really merit a spot in the team of the year, special acknowledgement should be made of Nathan Agar's achievements as team owner, manager, and even player. The accountant slash footballer made seven appearances for his Wanderers and even scored a goal on December 16th versus eventual title winners JMP Coates. The American Soccer League now had two seasons in the books and the future looked bright. An increasing number of professionals from overseas brought experience, even as American-born players such as Pete Renzulli, Bobby Goodert, and Percy Andrews emerged as top talents. Would the league continue to grow and thrive in its third season? Find out on the next Soccer History USA podcast. Sources for today's program include Colin Joseph's The American Soccer League, www.bethlehemsteelsoccer.org and the Spalding Soccer Football Guides. Music from archive.org. Thank you for listening to the Soccer History USA podcast. For more information, visit www.soccerhistoryusa.org and follow me on Twitter at Soccer History US. You can also like the podcast on Facebook. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thank you.